0: Welcome to the science of success with
2: your host, Matt Bodner, powered by redorbit.com. Welcome to the science of success, brought to you by redorbit.com. I'm your host, Matt Bodner. I'm an entrepreneur and investor in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm obsessed with the mindset of success and the psychology of performance. I've read hundreds of books conducted countless hours of research and study, and I'm going to take you on a journey into the human mind and what makes Peak Performers Tip, with a focus on always having our discussions rooted in psychological research and scientific fact, not opinion. This week, you're going to learn how to uncover the software running in the back of your mind, how to rewire your brain by understanding your neural pathways. You'll get a very helpful definition of the term peak state learn how to create a better alter ego of yourself and much more with our guest, Andy Murphy. Because the science of success has taken off like a rocket ship since launch, with now more than 200,000 downloads, making the front page of new and noteworthy and much more, I wanted to offer something special to my listeners. We've just wrapped up the giveaway of my three favorite psychology books, and the winner will be announced on the next episode of The Science of Success. So, to give something new away, I'm giving away a $100 Amazon gift card to one lucky listener. All you have to do to be entered to win is to text the word SMARTER, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to 44222. Again, text the word SMARTER S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to 44222 to be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. And if you've been listening and loving the podcast, please leave us an awesome review on iTunes and subscribe. This helps spread the word and tell more people about the science of success. Last week, we took a deep dive into what it's like to have breakfast with the Dalai Lama, the difference between compassion and empathy, and why that's important and how you can harness compassion to achieve more and be a better version of yourself with former counterintelligence agent and founding director of the Center for Compassion, Creativity and Innovation, Dr. Chris Cook. Listen to that episode. You're going to love it. Today, we are excited to have a guest on the show, Andy Murphy. Andy is a performance coach who has worked with VIP clients, including Saudi Arabian royalty, TV producers, and world champions. He's a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, or as it's commonly known, NLP. And he's also the host of the podcast Mindset by Design, where he talks about NLP, self-improvement, and world-class mind hacks for peak performance. Andy, welcome to the Science of Success.
1: Hey, Matt. So nice to be here. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me on.
2: Yeah, we're really excited to uh, to have you as a guest today. I'm
1: excited to be here, mate. This is going to be fun.
2: Great. Well, so Andy, uh, tell me a little bit about kind of neuro linguistic programming. Maybe some of the key tenets, um, and you know, we have we've mentioned it once or twice, and it's come up in a few interviews uh, okay. on the science of success. But you know, we've never really dug into it, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to share some of the lessons of NLP with our listeners.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's—I mean, it's—it's a, it's a buzzword right now, and it's taken a long time to get here, for sure. But it's—it's it's used right now. in Frank Kern, obviously, is talking about um, NLP and in, in, in video marketing and all over the internet. And it's—it's it's right throughout every every type of industry now. And it's—it's—I—I I love it. It's one of the things that, that I really love to teach because it's—it's it's one of the biggest things that I've found. And available in the world today to be able to catch these old patterns, break and rewire your own brain for new beliefs, new attitudes, and really for, for world class performance, you know, in general. But what NLP really is, it's a derivative from psychology from the 70s. But what, what was really it looked at was um, I'll use this as an example, right? And the classic difference between a psychologist and someone who's using um, NLP, for example, is that a classical psychologist will want to look at all the reasons why someone's doing something, right? The root cause or the, the depression or why someone's making that same mistake. And the challenge is is they'll take you back to that root cause and they'll go over and over and over this old pattern. But when you begin to understand that neural nets or mind muscles or your unconscious mind, nervous system, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's all the same thing. When you start to understand that works just like a muscle, then you've got to understand that by repeating these old patterns, you're making that muscle bigger. So what NLP does is gives you a system, a structure to recognize these things and start building the patterns that we do want, which would be the confidence excitement drive that laser focus that self-talk and when we can start to build those patterns that starts to form a new habit and that's how we begin to think feel and act a different way does that does that make sense to me was a it was a bit of a random example
2: (laughs) no i think that makes a ton of sense and uh and i don't have some of the science right in front of me but i know that there's a bunch of research that backs up kind of the idea that the more you use A neural network or a neural pathway the more you reinforce it and that's how you kind of build and reinforce connections
1: that's absolutely right that's straight neuroscience and and that's great to see because i've been doing this for 13 years all over the world with with a lot of industry leaders you know a lot of world champion athletes and clients like saudi arabian royalty and the top internet marketers in the world and and it really is if you start to look at the brain is um, well the difference let's look at this you have the conscious and unconscious mind and that conscious mind is a lot more than what people think about think it really is but people use it in the wrong way again with normal therapy and, and normal self-development personal development what they try and do is they try and give you lots of tools to um, yeah to try and control this conscious mind but the conscious mind is just this bit of the mind that me and you were talking in right now so what we need to really do is give you a toolbox And that toolbox is to catch these patterns, to adjust your focus, to change this internal dialogue, to be able to change this kinesthetic, the feelings in the moment. That's the toolbox you need. And then you've got to understand what the unconscious mind is. Now, my definition behind it, and yeah, I've said this a thousand times before, but my definition of the unconscious mind is it's like the software that plays in the background of your computer. What does that mean? Well, it runs automatically, it gets outdated, and it makes you perform a certain way. Now, this is the same with your brain. And another way to look at the unconscious mind, it's also called your body mind. That's the bit of your mind that blinks you, breathes you, affects your lymph system, your adrenal glands. So what do you think else it affects? Yeah, your motivation, your drive, your belief systems, your attitudes, how you value yourself. And all of these things are running on autopilot in the background of your head. So if that muscle's on autopilot, then that muscle's also getting thicker, which means it gets, it's very hard for entrepreneurs to break these patterns. But when we develop a system around it, then we can rewire it, which means we build new muscles and new ways of thinking, feeling, and acting. Again, does that make sense, Matt? I'm ranting on all over the place today for me.
2: No, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think that's a very good kind of crystallization of what NLP is and why it's such an important concept, especially, you know, I, I love the analogy of it's the software that's running in the back of your mind. Right. And it's kind of what is what has you on
1: autopilot that you may not be aware of. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the thing about this, I mean, people talk about the classical psychology again, and everyone talks about like the the imprint stage, which is zero to seven years old in your life. And that's when you're forming like a blueprint of your life. So when we look at um, our mentors or, or, or different stages of our life, the first mentors that we look at are our parents, right? And if your parents are arguing around money, or stress or relationships or whatever it is, we think those people are 100% right. So we start to model them or copy their thought patterns. And then we think all this is right. And then we get to, as we get older, we realize that, hey, people are just doing the best and our parents don't know everything for sure, right? But this leaves us with a certain blueprint that, that can help us or hurt us. It was the same thing like people like Richard Branson. Why is Richard Branson Richard Branson? Well, We all come into Earth the same way, we're all going to go out the same way. So what's the difference? Well, his neural nets, the way he's thinking, which is producing neurochemicals and affecting your filter system and all of this stuff. But he was reinforced to have a certain belief and certain way of looking at the world. And The thing about that is most people don't have that, right? So we've got to take control of this. And that's the whole point with with NLP and neuroscience and all of this cool stuff. It's about taking control of your mind so you can control the way you feel. Once you can control the way you feel, then you're able to step in and out of these peak states, which means you begin to learn to control your results. And that result could be you sitting down at a computer and and writing a blog or stepping into a video or doing a business merger or whatever the heck it is, right? Again, Matt, does this make sense?
2: Oh, it makes a lot of sense. And I think there's really two, two kind of offshoots from that that I'd love to dig into more. Sure. One is how do people... You know, we, it, I think everybody's kind of on board with the idea that we've got this software in the back of our minds right. that's running everything. Right. How do we tune into that? How do we become aware of that?
1: Beautiful. I love it. I love that. That's a direct question. And that's the point, right? What I've tried to do over 13 years is get rid of all the BS, the fluff. And, and really work out what exactly creates new connections and what exactly creates performance. So the first thing people have got to understand is that you're, another way to look at your unconscious mind besides the, the body mind, it's also your nervous system, right? So that's, that's really what we're retraining. We're reforming. is habits of your nervous system. So realize this. If, when we're born, our mind is like a blank canvas, now, is that strictly true? No, because we have genetics and epigenetics and all of this other stuff, but let's just pretend your mind is like a blank canvas. Every single time we have an experience, whether it's good or bad, what happens is, is we form a, the neural net or the, the mind muscle, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of that, that piece of software, there's like a movie, okay? And that movie is about the experience that we made. And that movie is something we make a decision about. And that can direct us in two completely different ways. It, like me and you, Matt, if somebody could walk into the room and that person reminds me of somebody and I don't like them. That person reminds you of somebody and you love him, right? So at the end of the day, these decisions we make about certain experiences start to form different patterns in the way we believe the world and ourselves. So what am I trying to say, mate? I'm trying to say that... Your brain and everyone's brain listening is just has thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of these movies. So what does that mean? That's the first place we have to start is by becoming consciously aware of what's playing unconsciously, right? So what does that mean? Well, if I said to the to, to the listeners or whoever, where are you and what are you doing in six months' time on this day, on, the, on or not on this day, but on this date. And this time, most people would have a vague idea, or they go, "Oh, I don't know what's going on in your business in five years. What's going on in your business in two weeks?" Most people won't really have a clear picture, or a picture will come in, and it's not what they want. It's like overwhelm. It's creating anxiety and fear. Well, the end of the day, that's just the neural net or mind movie that's playing. Right. So that's the first step to understand is that every time you think about the future or the past, a movie or a memory is coming up. Could be a future memory or a past memory, as I call them, but it's still a memory. Right. That's what's on autopilot. So when people start to think about their business a certain way in the future, if anxiety and pressure and stress and fear coming up, well, guess what? That's what's beginning to program it. That is what is installed in your head. So what we have to learn to do there is something called a pattern interrupt. What the hell does that mean? It means we've got to start to catch what's playing. How do we do that? Well, there's two ways to do it. I'll teach you one today, nice and simple. I want people to start getting used to and catching what feeling is playing. That's the kinesthetic, something I call a driver if we're talking about changing states, which we'll talk about more in a few minutes. But once people can start to become aware of what feeling it is, then the next step is to then become aware of what memory or what movie is playing in their head. From there, you can start to use different systems and and change and change it. But does that make sense, Matt, first of all?
2: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: Awesome. And that's what we want. So the next step is to then, once we've interrupted it, we become consciously aware of what's playing. So then what we have to do is change it. Now, the biggest way to change it and the fastest way is, well, there's different ways, but a nice way to do it is start to use our internal dialogue, right? Because... This is an amazing thing that I had a client once, I remember this, they gave it, Andy, I've nearly shut off this self-talk, I've nearly shut it down, I'm so close, can you help me get rid of it? And I'm like, why the hell do you wanna get rid of it, man? This is this is your best friend, because what we got to understand about this internal dialogue is that it's on constant autopilot, and we actually say around 50,000 words to ourselves inside our own head every day, right? And so if you're saying 50,000 words to yourself inside your own head every day, and each one of those words is connected to an emotion, then often you've got to start understanding that it's like someone sitting in your ear going, "Eh, you suck. You suck, you suck, you suck, right? (laughs) So that's the feeling that you're playing. That's your belief that's going to be playing. Is it any wonder that people get stuck? Is it any wonder that people think about the future and go, I'd love to do that. And then this little voice that's on autopilot saying to yourself, "Mm, you're not good enough to do that. You couldn't do that. Is it any wonder that we get stuck inside these boundaries? Of course it's not. So we've got to be able to use this internal dialogue right in the moment To guide or navigate ourselves to the image of what we exactly want. So when we can start to understand that, if we look at these two different versions of you, there's an old you and a new you, or a daily you and a very specific version of you. Now, this is something I call states. Now, there's peak mental states, there's alter egos, there's all this other stuff. But for now, just understand there's a state. What's a state? Well, that's a version of you. And when I've worked with professional fighters, because I work with a lot of professional fighters, for example, I use them as always as an extreme example in the entrepreneur world, right? Because an a, a extreme example of a, a, a state for a fighter is when I'm putting them into a ring or a cage, right? And that's a very unique experience. Their breathing rate, their heart rate, their adrenal glands, their, their focus, their belief system, all of these is, a, is a, like a tightly wound neural net. That's a peak state, or a hat or a role that they put on to perform a very specific way. Now, that isn't the same state as when they're talking to the mom, or they're going on a date, or they're trying to relax. And also, it's not the same as they're working on a business, right? So understand, this is the same for an entrepreneur. The version of you that's picking up a sales call is not the version of you that's sitting down and writing a blog. It's not the same version of you who's going to be on stage. It's not the same. They're all different versions. So when we can start to understand that each one of these versions is a tightly wound neural net with its own belief systems, with its own emotions, with its own internal dialogue, and it's on autopilot unless we were able to change it, then what happens is we can get stuck in patterns. And if there's an old version and a new version, for example, right, the old version was doing everything that it was done that giving you the results. That what you've got right now. So every decision, or every every aspect, or every moment that you do next is going to lead you forwards, and it's going to build the neural nets or muscles that we want. So when we can start understanding that all of these movies are on autopilot, all of these conversations on autopilot, until so we pass and interrupt it, catch that. And then we can start to use, this is the best thing that entrepreneurs can apply today, is start guiding themselves through situations using their internal dialogue. So instead of going, okay, I'm stressed, what's going on? I don't know what to do, I'm freaking out, right? That's because that's on autopilot. So the next step is to go, oh, I'm stressed. Okay, we've caught the pattern. Now you can start to use internal dialogue to guide ourselves back to this what we want. So... The first question should always be, "What is it that I want?" Because what that does is it points your unconscious mind or your focus to that key moment in time where you know you've you've won. And when we start to do that, we start to form a new pattern or a new vision. And then by talking ourselves into um, the emotions that we want and the belief systems that we want, meaning, how would the future, how would the world class version of me deal with this situation right now? How would the world-class version be? What would their beliefs be? What would their dominant emotions be, right? How would they stand? How would they breathe? When we can start to create that new image, that new vision that starts to form these new neural nets, and then there's a million different systems I've got to guide us from the old to the new. But when people don't understand this, As lots of entrepreneurs out there have a little idea but not really understand it in depth, the challenge becomes is that they're they're bringing emotion from your home, which is stressful maybe, and you're bringing that into work, and then your work becomes stressful, and then you don't want to train at night because you don't want to keep fit because you're stressed, right? If we don't learn to separate these states, if we don't learn to interrupt these patterns, if we don't learn to become consciously aware, what happens is... Everything just gets wired and messy just becomes a messy ball of emotion inside your head. And then we have to ask the question you wonder why people get overwhelmed and procrastinate right? making sense, Matt?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I love there's so many there's so many jumping off points from that. I, you know I love uh, the description of kind of peak states tying it back into that physical neural network. I, Absolutely. Think, that, I think that's something that some listeners may have heard the term peak state tossed around a time or two. And and if you're familiar at all with Tony Robbins, you know, he talks a lot about that concept, but I've, exactly. I've, I've never heard it articulated in a way that peak state is, uh, you know, a different hat or a different version of mm-hmm. yourself. And there's actually, you know, I was never quite sure, uh, it, you know, is there one peak state is peak state, right. you know, are there multiple peak states? And, right. I think the description of kind of there's there's different peak states for different kind of versions of yourself and, and bringing the best self to different situations. I think, that's, uh, I think that's a great way to think about it and look at it. And you then tying that back into those peak states, what they really are from a very physiological standpoint and a neurological standpoint, <laughs> they're literally patterns and neural networks in your brain that have kind of built up and strengthened together and fire as one.
1: You got it. You got it. That, that's exactly it. And then the challenge with that is, it. I did a podcast recently called the Twenty-One Day Habit Lie, right? Because for one reason, I got sick of people talking trying to trying to create change so fast. People have been lied to media bias wise for a long time. They talk about twenty-one days to form a new habit. Well, it's not true, right? The studies are showing. Um, simply, simply, the studies are showing that the from a London University that the average is actually sixty-six days to to formulate a new habit. But they even, I have issues with that because that's not true as well. It actually takes between 16 and 258 days to form a new habit, right? And I've done a whole like 45-minute podcast around this. But the, the challenge is people, because of the society and the way we're conditioned and the, the new belief systems we're put into, society trains our brain a very different way. And you've got to understand society is also a business, right? And it's designed to make money. So when we can start to look at the culture behind society and why we're taught certain things, well, it also begins to understand that the brochure of a magazine, right, media bias, isn't everything, all the information in the world. It's just what's in that, on that brochure to hook you in. But that's also the same thing that we're taught these days for very instant gratification. We're taught this way because the media shows us these these companies or these people that create incredible results, but one, they don't show all the people have tried to create the results and failed, or they don't show the journey of this person and all the pain they've been through. They just show that end step, that end moment. It was like when WhatsApp got sold, right? Everyone started creating communication apps. Why? Because WhatsApp, I'm going to be the next WhatsApp. Really? No, that's done. Right. So understand this is the same thing with life. We're taught a certain way and things take time. If you're building muscle on the outside, you don't suddenly expect to build to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right, in, in, in like in a, 21 days. No, of course you don't. Right. Or, or whatever it is. And so understand your brain is functioning the same way. The difference is as you reconnect these neural nets, you're also getting, your brain's getting flooded with chemicals, right? And this is a chemical cocktail. And if we get these chemicals because wrong, because we're firing the wrong thoughts, then it, this is what leads to depression. This is what leads to lack of self-worth and all of this. Because I always say this, I like extreme examples, Matt. But if like, if you were, um, If you're thinking about your dog that died when you were a kid, right, and you kept thinking about that all the time, how are you going to be feeling? Not too good. So that's the same with anything. If your thought is focused on a certain thing, what's the emotion that that thought is bringing to you? Is it going to make you take action or is it going to take you, keep you where you are? And this is the same when you start thinking about the future. If you start thinking about the future and the emotion that's coming through is either fear, procrastination, anger, overwhelm, stress, then guess what? You need to address this. You need to start looking at this. So the best thing that people can do besides catching patterns, changing internal dialogues, changing states and all of that stuff is why I call my company Mindset by Design. It's for a reason, the academy's there for a reason. It's designed to build the patterns that they want. And at the end of the day, that's all that this life is. It's building the patterns that we want until the momentum takes over and it starts to flow in that direction. And does that mean there's not ups and downs? Of course. Does it mean like hitting the gym, right? Building muscle, there's not good days and bad days? No, of course. It's the same thing. But what makes someone world-class or not is the ability to catch that pattern and redirect it in the moment to who and how you want to perform.
2: So this kind of segues into into that. One of the things you mentioned earlier is sort of creating the world-class version of yourself or how would the world-class version of myself handle this challenge? You got it. How do you go about sort of cultivating or creating or saying, you know, what if somebody's stuck and they don't know what the world class version of themselves would be or maybe they're, you know, they don't know what their goals might be. Right. How do you how do you kind of build that infrastructure so that when you have that moment you can direct your emotions and you can use NLP to kind of get to the state you want to be in.
1: I love it. Well, there's different ways, trying to keep it simple for everyone listening today. But there was a reason why I called the brand mindset by design. You have to sit down and design what you want. Now, this comes back from a, a period in my life where I was like 27, 28 years old. I'd just gone into bankruptcy, just been nervous breakdown because I'd been ripped off by my business partner because we were putting together a $50 million resort in Fiji. This is what we were doing. I was the top person in the country in, um, in investment real estate sales and everything was going good until that moment. And I lost everything. Yeah, I lost everything. It sent me into a bad place. And the reason right there, I rebuilt my life. And I was living in New Zealand at the time. I lived in Australia, New Zealand, California, Bali. I've lived everywhere. I'd lost everything. And i professional model as a girlfriend, second five series BMW, beautiful house, blah, blah, blah. To so basically living in the basement of a gym and training and fighting every day because I do mixed martial arts. And what happened was it was from there that I rebuilt my life. And this is why the whole brand and everything's built around this, because I had to sit down and truly work out what the hell I wanted, because I said to myself, OK, Andy, you've seen over 2000 people face to face, you know, you're good at sales, you know, you're good at what you do. So what do you truly want? And it was at that moment that I really sat down and wrote pages and pages of my perfect day in every vivid detail, as vivid as you can possibly make it, to the description of which hand I I move over and which part of my hand hits the button that opens the automatic blinds that open up to a 180 ocean view, to the color, to the texture, to the feelings. Once that becomes really clear, well, guess what? In NLP, we call something being associated. And what does that mean? That means being inside the emotion or the scene. And that is the same as I want everyone to start doing with their business, right? What's the end result in this period of time? What's that exact moment? How vivid can we make this? It's also something with designing everything. And if you don't know what the business you want, well, guess what? you need to write down the options because how the unconscious mind works is if you give it one option, it will do it. If you give it 10 options, it will find the one that excites it the most. So when I'm thinking about new ideas for anything, I play around with possibilities, constant possibilities, options, 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 because the unconscious mind will find the one that excites it the most. And when you can do that and when you can start writing something in such vivid detail, it associates into your brain, your neural net starts to build and your belief system and the emotion towards it starts to grow. Does that make sense, Matt?
2: That makes a ton of sense. And I think that's such a critical thing is the importance of starting with your goals or or I think maybe Dale Carnegie said starting beginning with the end in mind. You got it. And it's, that's the exact same approach that I use when I'm, when I'm working with a company, when they have some kind of strategic challenge or issue immediately, you have to figure out what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? And once you answer that question, everything else sort of cascades and flows into that kind of definition that you set originally. What is the end state, whether it's a mental state or a physical state or whatever it might be that you want to get to and how, you know, how can you channel your actions so that you do that?
1: That's it. What is that exact moment, that end step? And now the thing about all of this, it's part trickery with the brain because what we do is, this is the other mistake that entrepreneurs, I, I find, make. They're, they'll set a certain image for themselves around a certain goal, whatever it is, right? And then they'll become obsessed with it, okay? Now, this is counterintuitive to probably every other coach that's going to tell you this, boy. again, I, they're wrong <laughs> and I don't care who they are, right? And and this goes from a couple of different examples, but an experience. But when we become obsessed with it, an external, external thing, right? We become obsessed with it. Now, unless you've trod that path before, what is the generally the emotion that's being blasted out every day for the average person? It's not confidence and excitement. It's not. It's stress, it's fear that you're never going to achieve it, you're not there, you're not feeling good, you know, whatever it is, right? It's the pressure and the anxiety and the stress of getting there. So from my side, from uh, rewiring brains, what do you think that does? That's bad wiring to get there. So what happens is we have to use that obsession in a different way. We have to use it internally to make yourself world-class. You make yourself world-class, and I teach this all the time, you make yourself world-class, your business and your life will mirror it. When we become externally obsessed... The challenge is that image or those things can change. They're supposed to change. But what we do is we build these goals or we, or we build the character version of us to kind of trick ourselves. It pulls us forwards, and that's what we want. And then when we're growing ourselves into being world class and that evolution, then what happens to those external things? Well, they grow and evolve with us, which means new people will come in that we didn't even know could present opportunities, new places. It all starts to change around us. But what happens is, and this comes from a mistake, you know, this is what I was obsessed about when I was 27, 28 years old, those resorts and building those companies and that's because i changed my focus to obsession externally until, instead of ocd and obsession internally which is what i love then what happens is is those we don't allow what's around of us to flow and adapt and change which is the definition of evolution
2: i think that's awesome so i want to change gears a little bit and i mean i think we can still layer in some of these lessons from nlp but i'm curious what are some of the commonalities you see among the world-class performers that you coach and that you work with?
1: You know, one of the biggest things, the biggest thing that I've taken away, and I love my job for this reason. I get to hang out with people like you, Matt. I get to hang out with people like just superstars. And then these people who are earning like millions a year. They come to me and I, and I learn from them business stuff, but I learn from them how they think. Because then I take that blueprint and then I can install it deeper or, or, or do whatever with it. But the biggest thing I found there was this client, one of the top internet marketers in the world, very, very famous guy um, for in the Amazon world. Let's just say that. He came to me and it, it was very interesting because... There's many different things I learned for him, but he came to me for There was this one day. We had a meeting at five o'clock and he brought his business partner in because he was trying to make a decision. And he was trying to make a decision. There was was about some, he'd brought on some people and they were connected with family and it was a messy situation. So we'd spoke at five. I think we finished by six o'clock. I messaged them at nine o'clock the next day, the next morning. Hey, how did it go? And he went, oh, that. Oh, yeah. All of that's been done. Those persons got allocated to this. We changed this, added this contract, hide this person, did this. That was by 9 o'clock the next morning. So the biggest lesson, that one of the biggest lessons I've found is taking immediate action, right? There is no procrastination. It is immediate action. There is no dimmer switch. It's on or off. And the biggest thing that I've found with people who are performing at that level is that the hesitation goes away because they make decisions fast does 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 that help?
2: Yeah, I think that's great, and i think it's uh it's super important and I was actually I was at the National World War II Museum last oh. weekend, and I was looking at some stuff about general Patton, and I think he has a quote that "A good plan executed today is is better than a perfect plan executed next week."
1: Right? Right? I love it. I love it. And then the other biggest thing I've found is they're being very clever at putting the right people around them as fast as they can. And what do I mean by that? I mean, you have to put that team around you or the wealth dynamic team or whatever, wherever you want to come from. But they also have the ability, and I love this and I've learned this a lot, is not to, again, attach to the person. That that person is coming to that team to fulfill a role. If that role can't be fulfilled, then that person needs needs to go on and do something else that they're going to be happy or earn more money about. They can't be inside their organization. What a lot of people do in growing businesses, they 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 hold on to people even though those people aren't living up to their full potential or not standing by what they say they would do or whatever it is. That person would you know, not step up. So when you start to understand that the team you need around you must focus on the same vision and you're not attached to the person, of course you care for them, of course, but at the end of the day, they've come in and to help you to build your vision, not the other way around. And when you can understand that and you take action on top of that, then it starts to change things fast.
2: And I think actually uh, Elon Musk's biography, I think he is a great example of somebody that is so powerfully driven by a particular mission yes and so yes. laser focused that you know if you're not on board with it, I mean, one, the, the mission is actually really a powerful tool in the sense that People gravitate to it, and it enables him to attract amazing talent when his right. mission is, you know, to colonize Mars. Yes. Um, but to
1: save the human race, that's yeah, the point. Yeah, it's a great autobiography. I did a podcast on that whole autobiography. After actually, amazing,
2: yeah. amazing guy. Yeah, but you know, he has the same kind of ruthlessness about if you're not on his, if you're not, if you're, if you're not aligned with the mission, you know, you're gone. Exactly.
1: And again, I teach this as well, and I teach this to a lot of different like Highland people. It goes back to that why. I know it sounds cheesy and it really does even me saying it, man. But what is that why for Elon? He doesn't really care about his family or everything. His why, his driven, his obsession is to become the best version of him so he can step up and save humanity. Now, we need people like Elon. But you know what the happiest people I've ever seen in the world? Are the people that have very little and they live in Bali, right? And they're just doing their daily things. So for everybody, it's about what your level you want to play oh. and your why, because some people just want to earn, you know, $5,000 a month on autopilot and they're done. That's it. I'll just maintain this and I'll travel the world for the rest of my life. And you know what? That's pretty damn amazing. So for some people, they want to save humanity. So for some people, you just want to be able to relax and enjoy life. So it simply depends on what is that person's driving force. I also don't think that everyone should be trying to change the world, right? Because that's not my my drive is to change, like a hundred thousand entrepreneurs achieve their dream in my life. But that's my vision. That's my dream. Now for someone else's, everything changes. So I think it's a very personal thing, and and when I say world class. I don't mean you're trying to be the president, right? I mean, world class is your individual world class. You know, whatever makes you happy, that to me, then you're winning on this journey of life, right? I think that's a critical
2: distinction. It's It'd be the best version of yourself.
1: Yeah, because... Who else are you gonna be, right? Because what happened, What happens is, is that I know what drives me every day, and I'm sure it's the same with you, Matt, right? And no, because you're just obsessed with learning and growing and evolving, and I love that about you, mate. And I think it's the same thing. You have to become your best version because the thing is, doesn't matter. I know this from martial arts, right? It didn't matter how awesome I thought I was at that point. I've been training my butts off everything. That day, someone will go just beat you, and you're like, damn. So, it doesn't matter if you're trying to earn a million dollars, there's someone with a hundred million dollars. If you're trying to earn a hundred million dollars, there's always someone with a billion dollars, right? If you're trying to be the fittest athlete in the world, there's always someone who comes along that's fitter. So, to me, it's not being in competition with everybody else, it's being in competition with yourself. And when you can use that, then you're always creating momentum. The other side of it is when we start focusing on other people's missions or journeys or what they've achieved, it can knock you back. It can really like give you self, self-doubt. self Oh, that person achieved that in that amount of time. I've been doing this for this long and I still haven't got there. Right. Well, what happens? Maybe you're not meant to. Maybe, or you change your business model. Or you change your balance of your lifestyle. Or What is it about yourself that you need to change? Because when you look at other people, you're thinking like this, and which is a very powerful question, by the way. So, What is one piece
2: of homework that you would give the listeners in terms of concretely implementing some of this stuff in their daily
1: lives? Beautiful question. And it's going back to a real, again, I feel a little bit cheesy even saying this, but it comes from personal, uh, my own personal growth. It's understanding anchoring. And it's understanding what that really means. And what do I mean by anchoring? Um, anchoring is an NLP term that gets thrown around everywhere by people who don't really understand what the hell it is. I heard that a real top, a top guy um, recently, and um, putting courses. A really good guy. I mean, he worked with amazing people. I got a lot of love for him, a lot of respect. But he was talking about anchoring, and he was saying that. There's no, so you you have to have an external anchor. An, an anchor is a trigger. And I'll t- talk about, more in, about that in, in a second, but just understand it's a trigger. So you can only set triggers or anchors externally. Well, you can't. It's also internally, it's both things. And what do I mean by that? What's an anchor? It goes back to Pavlov's dog experiments and actually goes back even before that, but Pavlov made it. Ex- um, Public and and um, a noted notable and what it was it was tuning forks dog and um food and it'd ring the tuning fork put the dog's food down, the dogs would salivate because they'd associated the tuning fork with food. So then what happened was take the food away at some point, just ring the tuning fork, the dogs would still salivate because they'd associated the tuning fork with food. So in our lives, we have negative and positive anchoring. You know, you could look at the fo- your phone and see someone's name and go, oh my God, I don't want to talk to them. But that person could be offering you a million dollars. You don't know. That's an anchor. So how you're looking at people, places, things, events, music, your office, everything, they start to become anchors and going to trigger a certain emotion in you. So the best bit of advice I can give you is a couple of different things. One, your routine. And now everyone talks about morning routines and all of that. Yeah, but there's a reason. I won't go into the science behind it today, but we want to change those neurochemicals in the morning. We want to light up the the, um, neural nets that we want. Basically, we want to step into that peak state in the morning. Why? Because it's allowing us to build those neural nets that we want. And so what I want you to understand is, when you can set a little routine for yourself in the morning or nighttime or whatever it is, before you're stepping into picking the phone up, before you're stepping into a, a meeting or whatever the heck it is, if you can have a little routine, what this starts to do is to starts to build an anchor, Ta-da! which what does that anchor do? It starts to light up a certain feeling in you, a certain belief. To put that in a less a, less, a simpler way, man, how many times you heard a piece of music and it instantly takes you right back to that moment. Those thoughts, those feelings, you can you can taste it. That's an anchor. So we can use that in a performance-enhancing way. And when we can do that by surrounding ourselves with the right music, the right people, the right environments, then those things start to become anchored, and that's how we get momentum, right? But does, does that make sense, first of all?
2: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense.
1: I could go on forever, but I'll have to shut <laughs> up, mate. Otherwise, I'll t- keep talking. <laughs>
2: So what are some books or other resources that you'd recommend for people who want to learn more both about anchoring or more broadly about NLP?
1: Um, The best guy is one of the co-founders. Now, he's a a little crazy, but he's amazing. And there's two different guys, John Grinder and um, Richard Bandler. Richard Bandler is both the co-inventors of NLP. Now, um, Bandler is more simple, and I find him exceptionally powerful. The other side is Grinder, which is way more technical, meaning you're using lots of different language patterns, and the meta model and all this other stuff. So anything by John and um, and or Bandler. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the challenge with it is it's such a deep subject that, that people get lost in it. So, I mean, even simple things like by Paul McKenna, right? Paul McKenna is an English guy, but nice and simple hypnosis, but he's very, very powerful. The other side of it for business and using NLP, well, that's why I built my brand, you know, for that simple reason. So where can people find you online? Um, Type those words in, Mindset by Design. The podcast, we've done like 115, 120 episodes. And so the podcast on iTunes or simply go to mindsetbydesign.co, co for company or co for whatever you want to call it, right? And that's the best way to connect with me. But at the end of the day, this is why I built this brand because there's there's so much people are really getting into n l p right now, and it's really about um getting over I don't know weight loss or smoking or feeling good, but there's nothing specifically about entrepreneurial business acceleration, you know
2: got it well uh well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Andy and you know I think the listeners are gonna love uh, a lot of this stuff. there's some great information about neural networks n l p peak state and uh, and kind of how to really understand your own emotional states so you know i think this is some great content thank you very much we really appreciate having you on the science of success
1: uh appreciated being here and hopefully yeah that helps all your listeners absolutely and anytime for anything you need me buddy i'm always here thank you very much andy thank you matt
2: thank you so much for listening to the science of success listeners like you are what make this podcast possible If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes. This helps us reach more people. And as a thank you to you for being awesome, I'm giving away a $100 Amazon gift card to one lucky listener. All you have to do to enter to win is to text the word smarter, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success.